TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. I always enjoy bringing you the latest. This is The Scoop. The scoop. It's The Scoop with Doogie. Happy Hump Day, Scoop Podcast faithful. This is episode 237 of The Scoop Podcast, going on now three and a half years strong. We'll get to Minnesota high school basketball players Dawson Garcia and Gabe Matson in a bit. Both guys in the class of 2020. Both guys have offers from the Gophers. In Garcia's case, he has many more offers. In Matson's case, he has a Marquette offer and some other offers as well. He recently received a Gophers offer. So we'll catch up with Gabe and with Dawson in just a bit. But let's start with the Wolves. Someone with inside knowledge of the Wolves front office workings going back to the Tibbs slash Layden regime, now into the Gerson Rosa regime brought up a good point to me earlier today on the phone. When Layden and Tibbs said they were exploring all options, there was some eye rolling and heck, truth be told, oftentimes they would sit back. They would absorb phone calls. There wasn't necessarily an aggressiveness to their nature of doing things. When Rosas says he is exploring all options, you can take him at face value. He legitimately is. He said he has reached out to every team in the league. I can just tell you, having some contacts in a handful of front offices, that is indeed true. Now, as of Wednesday afternoon, the asking price remains high. In fact, I had an Eastern Conference front office executive, number two in command, in an Eastern Conference front office tell me that in their dealings with the Wolves going back over the last 24 hours, this team is interested in moving up in the draft, that the price to get up to number 11 is incredible. Incredibly high. In fact, this executive told me a ton would have to change for us to have some action with the Wolves. That at this point, the sides are not even close to any sort of deal. But I can just tell you, Rosas is attempting to be aggressive. Now, talk can be cheap. Oftentimes, we need to see some action, right? I mean, you can only talk a big game so often. You need to deliver. I will say, though, this much, that my perception was when Rosas took the job that he would sit back and observe for a while. I thought he would be maybe a bit more passive over the first 6 to 12 months than maybe strike this time next year. That is not the case. In fact, from other teams, word is that Rosas has discussed every player. He is open to moving every player and every asset he has, including, depending on what the offer, what the return would be, a future first-round pick. So when I talk about assets, it's players and it's draft ammo that they, specifically Rosas, is open to moving anyone and anything except for Carl Anthony Towns. Now, as I sit here on Wednesday, late afternoon, early evening, do I sense that Andrew Wiggins, for example, is going anywhere? I don't, but I'm just saying, and Wiggins, by the way, has four years, $122 million left in his deal. There's not many owners willing to absorb that sort of contract. In fact, I know a Western Conference executive and an Eastern Conference executive that both like Wiggins. They still would bet on Wiggins long-term. The issue is... The money, the contract, they just can't justify taking on that money. If he was making less money, they would be all over Andrew Wiggins. What I'm getting at is Rosas is willing to discuss Wiggins. He's willing to discuss Robert Covington. He's willing to discuss Dario Saric. Go up and down the list. So he is trying. I think in his ideal world, he moves up tomorrow night. He finds a way to get up to maybe four. I actually think it's more realistic that he gets up to six. If he gets up, I would keep an eye on Phoenix at six. Not necessarily New Orleans at four. Not that he hasn't talked to New Orleans at four. Absolutely. He's talked to Cleveland at five. He has talked to Phoenix at six. The reason I bring up the Suns is the Suns, I'm told, are not in on D'Angelo Russell. That the Suns want a veteran point guard, but they want somebody 
on a shorter term deal. They are looking at somebody on a one or two year deal. Now, does Jeff Teague get you from 11 to six? No, I think the deal would have to go deeper. Do you take back an extra year of Tyler Johnson's contract? Maybe that makes some logical sense. I just think if the Wolves find a way and it's really hard to move up, So it's entirely possible the Wolves sit right there at 11. But I'm just saying, if they end up moving up, I would keep an eye on the Suns at 6 before anybody else. On the pre-draft most fascinating scale for me, it's that Kobe White, North Carolina point guard slash shooting guard. Depending on who you talk to in the NBA, he's either a 1 or a 2 combo guard. He can certainly play off the ball, and he has some size to guard opposing twos. There is some debate whether he's a long-term point guard, though. But regardless, I mean, heck, a lot of the NBA is positionless now anyway. He is a really good guard prospect. I think most fascinating is a couple Fridays ago, Kobe White, his agent, his agency, Creative Arts Agency. Oh, by the way, they represent D'Angelo Russell. They represent Carl Anthony Towns. That Kobe and his agency agreed to come here to town. Kobe White is not getting to 11. In fact, I would be shocked if he got to 8. So why would he come to Minnesota for a workout, for a meeting? I just don't think that that's random. Clearly the Wolves are interested in Kobe White. To me, on the most interesting pre-draft pecking order scale, I would put Sekou Dumboya being here for multiple days, number two. He went to Washington, or maybe it was Atlanta, just for a visit. He got a workout in here. He spent a lot of time here. I think Sekou Dumboya is a very intriguing prospect if he happens to be there at 11. But would they possibly move up to jump ahead of Washington at 9 to grab Dumboya if Kobe White isn't on the board? Or is Kobe White maybe below Dumboya on their board? I don't know what their board is. I don't think anybody in the media knows how they have their board stacked. I'm just saying to me most fascinating is that Kobe White agreed to come to town. Keep an eye on on that. Now, it's possible Phoenix loves Kobe White, that Phoenix won't budge, Phoenix won't move from six, that Kobe White goes six tomorrow night to the Phoenix Suns. But I'm just telling you, I think if the Wolves can move up, keep an eye on Kobe White. Yes, Darius Garland as well, because the Wolves can use some shooting help. I think what would be very interesting is if the Wolves can somehow get from 11 to four. If they land at four, is it Garland? Is it White? Would they consider Culver? Would they consider Hunter? That, to me, would be very fascinating to see. A reminder of first-round prospects that were in for pre-draft workouts. Keldon Johnson, Nasir Little, Tyler Hero, Nikhil Alexander-Walker. You also had Brandon Clark, Sekou Dumboya, Kobe White, P.J. Washington, Cam Johnson. Romeo Langford was here last Thursday for dinner. He had dinner now with Gerson Rosas, some other members of the Wolves front office. They took him out to Manny's. He did not work out, though. Romeo Langford was here, though, last week for dinner. As for Rui Hachimura, he's represented by Wasserman. They also represent Nikhil Alexander-Walker. So the fact that Alexander-Walker was here for a visit, I guess I would be very, very surprised if Hachimura wasn't in town for visit, but I was never able to fully confirm that Hachimura made it to town. The Wolves had a number, I'm talking dozens upon dozens of second round slash undrafted free agent, two-way contract possible guys in town for workouts going back to mid-May. I certainly have chronicled many of the names here on the podcast. I'll go over some of the local ties, right? The local guys, including Jordan Murphy of the Gophers, formerly of the Gophers, all-time Gophers great. He was actually in town for a second workout with the Wolves the other day, over the weekend. So that is interesting. By the way, Jordan Murphy has changed agents. Don't know why, but that certainly is interesting. So he has a new agent as he enters tomorrow night's draft process 
more than likely Jordan Murphy isn't getting drafted. The Gophers haven't had a player drafted since Chris Humphreys in 2004. That is just unbelievably maddening, but it looks like no on Jordan Murphy getting drafted, but he should land with somebody after the draft. The question is, is he good enough to land a two-way contract, or will he just get an invite to play for somebody's summer league team, then battle that way, go the G League route, then maybe grab on with a team at a later date. On Amir Coffey, Amir Coffey has worked out for the Wolves. He worked out for the Golden State Warriors yesterday. That was his second workout with the Warriors. I like to note second workouts. That, to me, is interesting when a team brings a guy back. I would say this much. Those would be two teams among about five or six or seven showing legitimate two-way contract interest. Nothing has been promised to Amir as far as I know, but the belief is that Amir will be well-positioned after the draft to sign a two-way contract with somebody. And the Wolves, I'm telling you, have said, hey, we'll be in touch. We want to maintain contact. We'll be in touch. They have not committed anything. The Wolves have said that to a bunch of different agents representing guys that may not get drafted, but certainly Amir Coffey is one of them. Reed Travis was on a recent Scoop podcast, former Kentucky forward, former Stanford forward, D. LaSalle High School. He is just about back to 100% with the knee, unfortunately. He wasn't able to work out four teams. He stayed here in Minneapolis to do some training. He should be able to hook on with the team after the draft for summer league. I think getting a two-way contract will be a tough task. Not saying it's impossible, but I do think it'll be tough. But there are teams like the Warriors, like the Wolves, like the Cavs that he worked out for a year ago. He did go through the pre-draft process a year ago, and he worked out for like four, five, six teams. So there are some teams that have the book on Reed Travis. Just unfortunate that he had to miss Portsmouth. He didn't get an invite to the Combine, but he could have fought his way. Could have gone to the G League invite, fought his way maybe, and landed at the Combine. He just wasn't able to do anything during the pre-draft process. His agency had a big pro day in Phoenix. He just wasn't able to do anything because of that knee injury that he first suffered during the Kentucky season in February. Some other Wolves notes. I got an update on Robert Covington, who had the knee surgery. He will ramp up to some on-the-court work, light on-the-court work, but will be able to ramp up in the coming weeks. He should be ready by training camp, but not much before then. This was a very serious knee surgery. It will be a slow process, but he's got a few months here before training camp begins. Really, the goal is to be ready by, you know, mid to late September, October 1st. He doesn't need to be ready on June 19th. So the rehab continues. He's bouncing back and forth between Mayo Clinic Square, and he's got an off-season home in the Nashville area. So Robert Covington, whose name has come up in trade talk, should be good to go by the start of the regular season. That's the bottom line, but just know that it is one heck of a process for him to rehab that knee. That was a serious, serious surgery, a serious knee injury. As we look ahead to free agency, undoubtedly the Wolves would love to land D'Angelo Russell. Easier said than done, but absolutely, the Wolves would love to land Russell. If they don't land Russell, I think the point guard position is about as fascinating as it gets when it comes to the Wolves. What will happen with Jeff Teague? Can they potentially move him to Phoenix? What about Tyus Jones, restricted free agent? I don't think the Wolves are going to break the bank on Tyus. So I'll be curious to see if a team like Phoenix, who likes Tyus, some other teams, if some team extends him a decent offer sheet, would the Wolves just say, hey, take him? Or would they match? I think that's very interesting. Can the Wolves move up for White or Garland? Can they land D'Angelo Russell? If they don't, one point guard that is on their radar free agency-wise, I'm told, is T.J. McConnell. Now, T.J. McConnell is not a starter. He's a capable backup. He's an interesting name. The Wolves have their mid-level exception to use. He would not cost, presumably, their entire mid-level. And I'm sure they are doing their due diligence on a number of free agents, guards, wings, 
and so on. But I'm just telling you, I'm told directly by somebody that would absolutely know that TJ McConnell has fans in the Wolves front office. Before we transition here in the Scoop podcast, here is Gerson Rosas from Tuesday, some of the highlights from his pre-draft news conference. It's hard to trade up, you know, top three in draft, uh, even top five in the lottery. It's it's very difficult, and uh, we know because we've tried and we'll continue to try. Uh, but that price, the premium that teams uh, charge for that is, is at a high level in any draft in any year. Uh, we don't promise players. Um, throughout the league, every organization has different strategies, different approaches. That's not something we do. Um, there's a lot of dialogue on both. It's a, like I said, it's a, it's a very flat and fluid market, uh, which bodes well for activity. I take that very personal because uh, the reality is there's, there's always going to be rumors. There's always going to be stories. Uh, unfortunately, even the one specific that you're referencing, like the reality is just because it's on social media doesn't make it real. Uh, just because there's a rumor doesn't mean it's something that's happening. Uh, the reality is my job is to do everything possible to make this team the best team possible. Our players' job is to do everything within their power to make themselves the best players so they can have success and so we can have success. You know, there's things that we can't control, but at the end of the day, we're fully committed to our players. We're investing in our players everything that we can. Uh, the reality is in, in this league, you build from within. And as our guys grow, develop, and maximize our talent, that's going to give us the best chance to win. I mean, I, I don't address it here. Andrew's reportedly playing for Team Canada for the first time in a while. Um, is that something that you talked about with him as an organization, and how do you feel about that decision? Uh, at, at this point in time, we haven't been given any guidance uh, officially on that. Uh, you know, I, I think that's something that maybe uh, the Canadian Federation can address. I don't think they've hired a coach yet. I don't think they've formally made invitations yet. Thursday night should be fun. All right, let's now transition. Let's get to know Gabe Matson, Rochester Mayo High School. He received an offer from the Gophers men's basketball team over the weekend after starring at their camp on campus. He is now the sixth player. Is it six or five? I guess as I'm taping this, Stephen Kroll of Eastview hasn't been formally offered, but he was meeting with Patino. Him and his family were meeting with Patino at some point late Wednesday afternoon. The expectation was that the center slash power forward from Eastview would be receiving a Gophers offer. So let's say Kroll gets an offer. You've got Kroll, you've got Gabe Matson, who got the offer over the weekend. Then you have Ben Carlson, who unfortunately is battling some concussion symptom-type issues right now. Will be okay, but he couldn't play in the Gophers camp over the weekend. You've got Dawson Garcia, who will join this podcast in just a bit. You've got Kerwin Walton of Hopkins, and you've got Jalen Sugg. So it looks like, presuming that Kroll gets that Gophers offer, there will be six Minnesota players with offers from the class of 2020. Gabe Matson, as I'm taping this, officially is the latest player. Maybe by the time you listen to this, we'll have news of Kroll getting a Gophers offer. But as I'm taping this, officially, Matson is the latest Minnesota player to get a Gophers offer. Let's get to know Gabe Matson. Gabe, I appreciate your time. Thanks for hopping on the podcast. Just take me, take our listeners through how exactly the Gophers offer came about. I mean, I know that you were at Gophers camp over the weekend, but I guess maybe pick up the story from that point on. Yeah, so uh, I heard from them a few times before the camp, just like during the AAU season, but not not like too much. And then you know, um, went to team camp uh, this past weekend. Uh, played three games there, and uh, Coach Bettino after our last game, Coach Bettino and his staff uh, came to me and uh, 
told me they liked how I played, thought I fit their system well, and he offered me a scholarship. So, yeah. So, I mean, it was just like that? I mean, was it on the court? Yeah. Did they say, hey, Gabe, come to my office? No, no, it was just like right on the court, right after the game. So, yeah. I mean, what was your reaction? Really... Yeah, I mean, so, okay, yeah, so no, Richard was, Pitino says, I want to extend surprised. you an offer. Yeah, what was what yeah, was your yeah. reaction? Yeah, I was definitely surprised, you know, but very thankful. So, yeah, it was, you know, very surprising. Wasn't wasn't at all expecting it, but, yeah, thankful. So, I mean, you say surprising. So, was it just, was it surprising because even though they had some contact, it wasn't, a ton of contact there just there wasn't a sense from your end that they were that interested yes yeah, so, yeah so i heard from them like maybe twice but like nothing leading up to the camp so i wasn't really expecting anything and then just a coach came up to me uh like during our second or after our, like first game came up to me talked to me a little bit and then uh after a third game was yeah it was the, the first time i talked to coach patino so Gabe, for those of us yeah. who haven't seen you play, particularly in person, describe the kind of player you are, and can you play multiple positions? Yeah, so I'd, I would list myself as like a combo guard. I can play on the ball, off the ball. Uh, I can score. That's mostly what I'm known for, but I'm definitely working on my defensive game. I have the ability to be a very good defender. I'm athletic enough to do so. But, yeah, um, just score the ball at all levels, mid-range, three-point, at the basket. And then also a good passer. And a really yeah. good shooter. I mean, do you take pride in being able to make Yeah, yeah, that's shots? definitely something that I work at a lot, and I pride myself in being a good shooter. And then take us through your playing history. So you're at Rochester Mayo High School now. Who do you play for AAU-wise? And correct me if I'm wrong, but your dad is the head coach at Mayo. Did you also, though – grow up playing in one of the cities in Wisconsin? Yeah, so um, I start. my dad was a coach for 13 years at this uh, school called Chippewa Falls in Wisconsin. Okay. And then we ended up, we moved to uh, China for my fifth grade year. Oh, wow. And we lived there, yeah, we lived there for a year. And that's kind of like where all my basketball started. I never really, like, worked out before that or played even. I was, just, like, around the game because my dad was a coach. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so that's when it all kind of started. Then we moved back after a year, and uh, we played – I played my, like, sixth grade, I played in uh, Chippewa, and then we moved again, and it was, like, to a town in, called Bloomer, Wisconsin, and my dad was a coach and athletic director there. And then after uh, what well, it had been, like, three years, we moved again to where we are now in Rochester. Got it. So he got the head coaching job yep, at Rochester Mayo. Job. Okay, and that's why you yeah. guys moved from that city in Wisconsin right. to Rochester. So you've been at Rochester Mayo since your freshman year. You have been there your sophomore, entire high school? Year, yeah. Okay, so freshman year you were in Wisconsin, and then yep, the last yep. two years, and now heading into your senior year, it'll be three years at Rochester yep. Mayo. How did the year in China, I mean, that fascinates me. How did the year in yeah. China, how did that, even when you were just so young, right, fifth grade, but how did that maybe yep. just shape the person you are today? How did that give you perspective on the world yeah it definitely just made me a more like worldly person just being immersed into a different culture it just made me uh realize that you know even even living so far away there's just uh you know there's people are nice all over the place and uh you know just maybe more more of an accepting person i would say and just uh open my eyes into that I definitely want to keep doing that someday and traveling the world and whatnot. So, 
it was a very cool experience, and I'm very thankful for that. So. And then you didn't start really working out and or playing basketball until you were actually in China? Yeah, correct. So we had this, like, two hours a day it was. We had these, like, basically the kids would go take naps, and we, we just weren't really used to that because it wasn't really, like, a cultural thing for us in America to go take, like, in the middle of the day, go take a nap. So we would just, like, we had school, so it was, like, school and then lunch and then a nap, and then come back from more school. So we just didn't really want to go take a nap. So we'd take those two hours and work out, and just having a uh, basketball co- uh, dad who was also a basketball coach there was obviously uh, a, a good good asset. So was your family? That, yeah. yeah, was your family? I guess maybe specifically mom and dad were they tempted to stay in China longer than the year? Um, that was like most pla- like the reason we ended up in China was most places only wanted you for more than a year. Um, so we ended up, we just went there for a year, but definitely like we've talked about how we would, like if we had the chance, we'd definitely go back again just because it was such an awesome experience. Yeah, that's, that's phenomenal, Gabe. We're talking with yeah. Gabe Matson, who recently received a Gophers offer. He just finished his junior year at Rochester Mayo High School. Gabe, who else has offered you? Um, so uh, recently I got offered by Northeastern, uh, William & Mary, Virginia Tech, um, Northern Iowa, Toledo, uh, Milwaukee, Green Bay. Um, yeah, it's hard to name them off the top of my head. I know I have 13 because I just recently did an interview on the news, and that's what they said I had. So <laughs> I know I have 13, so um, I'm sorry if I missed any schools, but, yeah, that's – No, no, that's, that's okay. So UW-Milwaukee, so. UW-Green Bay, has Marquette also offered you? Yeah, Marquette offered me freshman year, yep. Okay, so that offer still stands. So Wojo yep. at Marquette wants you. So, I mean, I guess of of maybe the bigger type schools. Not that that's that big of a deal, but I guess of the bigger schools, is it Minnesota, Virginia Tech, and Marquette? Yep, correct. When do you think you'll make a decision? Uh, we've talked about um, after this after this uh, live period, we're going to sit down and um, kind of narrow down the list, and then take those official visits some point in the fall and then make a decision on in the fall and then sign on the early signing so that's kind of what we have laid out and I mean when you say narrow down the list I mean what sorts of criteria are you looking for at a school I mean are you talking you know what you might major in so like maybe it's you know a school's business school or medical school or whatever field that you have interest in is it the strength coach is it the offense the head coach runs? If the head coach presumably will be at that program for your entire college career, like what are some of the criteria as you're trying to figure out where you'll end up? Oh uh, yeah, so those are obviously things that all uh, we will take into consideration. But kind of the main things are, um, you know, the relationship with the coach, um, like the team that's there already, including the team or like the recruiting class that will be there with you, and then like style of play. And then, like, not that I, I don't want to sound like I don't care about school, but, like, I really don't have any idea what I want to major in. So, obviously, like, the, the how how good the school is will um, be a, a factor into it, but not, like, the type of, um, uh, um, what's it called, majors they have. So, yeah, I don't really know what young. I want to major in, so I, I won't really probably take that into yeah, and really, Gabe, I mean, you're no different yeah. than a lot of kids who just got done with their junior year in high school. Yeah. I mean, a lot of kids are like, 
I don't know. I mean, you may have all sorts of interests, yeah, but exactly. you know, maybe in a couple months, as you sit down, would it be mom and dad that'll have a have a yeah, say in, yeah. in where you'll end up? Yeah. So I mean, yeah. you have the right people around you. So yeah, exactly. You know, you can you can figure that out now. And what AAU team do you play for? You said uh, I play for Wisconsin Playground Warriors. Okay, so was that connection made because you lived in Wisconsin previously? Yeah, that was. Yeah, we uh, played with them our freshman year. And then we moved, and then we just like we only pra- like we only live an hour away from where we practice, so it was actually closer from where we were in Wisconsin. So we just stayed, and we were familiar with all the guys, good buddies with them. So just stayed with those guys. Yeah, why not? I mean, you want to play with your buddies. Yeah, how much exactly. pride do you take, Gabe, or how much how much do you look at just the totality of of the Minnesota class of 2020? I mean, all you guys with Gophers offers, right? I mean, Suggs, Garcia. Carlson, yeah. Walton, you, I know the big man from Eastview was set to meet today with Patino. I guess the presumption was that he'll be offered. I haven't heard yet if if the big man from got Eastview you. got the offer, but there's a chance he gets an offer. So it could be six of you or at least five of you that have Gophers offers. I mean, just how much pride do you take in that? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously a very uh, – I'm obviously very grateful for that. Um, very thankful to the staff and Coach Patino. Um, but, yeah. It's obviously a cool, cool deal to be offered by your home state. Well, now my home state, but yeah, obviously just very thankful for that. So, do you have a relationship with any of those guys? Have you gotten to know any of those guys? Uh not not really. Like, because I I don't really because I'm new to the state basically. But sure, yeah, I only I've only played them a couple times. Yeah, so I haven't really don't really have like a good relationship with any of the guys, but just know them. How about there in Rochester? I mean, do you know current Gopher Michael Hurt? Do you know Matthew Hurt? I uh, I do not know Michael. I've talked to Matthew a couple times. So I mean, uh, you got some people yeah. that you can lean on. I mean, whether yeah. it's whether it's AAU program. I mean, you have enough yeah. people. I guess what I'm getting at is you have enough people around you, the right support system, yeah. to make sure that yeah, you make sure. the right choice. Yeah, no doubt. Nice. Well, Gabe, all the best to you. What will what will keep you busy the rest of the summer? Is there still some AAU action in July? Yeah, I got AU in July, and then uh, usually on the way back from from our last tournament in July, we take a little road trip with our fam, do a little camping and whatnot. So looking forward to that. Very nice. Gabe, all the best, and congratulations on everything. I mean, not just the Gophers offer, but everything that has come your way basketball-wise. Yeah, thank you very much. Another player from the class of 2020 here in Minnesota, a little bit more locally based, is Dawson Garcia of Prior Lake. He recently won a gold medal for... The United States, he got to wear USA across his chest. He represented the United States of America in Mongolia in a three-on-three tournament. They won it all. Dawson Garcia was phenomenally good. He was one of the best, if not the best, player for the U.S., and obviously they won it all, so he was the best of the best when it came to playing there in Mongolia. He comes back home. The next thing you know, he hops on an airplane, ends up in Charlottesville, Virginia, for the NBA Players Association camp. During that time, he received an invite to try out for the USA under-19 team. By the way, Jalen Suggs and Zeke Naji made the initial cut. They went from like 32 or 31 players the other day to 18. They'll now go from 18 to 12. But just to make that initial cut is one heck of an accomplishment. So congratulations to Zeke Naji and Jalen Suggs, two players that have been on this podcast plenty. But Dawson had a chance to go try out for the USA under-19 team. It just didn't work out. It just would have been way too much travel Mongolia to Virginia to Colorado Springs. I mean, heck, 
He's a junior. Just got done with his junior year. He needs a little time to breathe, be a teenager, enjoy his free time. But anyway, he did create a little bit of time for me the other day at Prior Lake High School. I caught up with him on winning gold with USA, on the Players Association camp, and everything going on on the recruiting scene with him. Here is my conversation with Dawson Garcia. Dawson, in all your basketball accomplishments, and already, even at your young age, you've accomplished a whole lot. Is there anything better than wearing USA across your chest? No, there's not really anything better. Um, it was just a great experience. Uh, it was surreal when I seen uh, the double zeros go off on the clock and uh, we all just kind of looked at each other and knew that we accomplished what we set out to do. Take us through just the uniqueness of the event. I mean, it's not five on five. It was three on three. How does that change things when you're playing three on three? Well, it, it changed a couple things because there's a lot of uh, new rules that go into it. Um, and you got to be in really good shape because it's a, it's a constant movement um, in the game. And we had some practice in the national camp, and they selected us to go out there. So once we went out there, um, we were there, adjusted to the time zone and all that, and then we just started playing, and we, uh, we did a really good job. Um, played Russia, actually went into overtime in the semis, so that was a little bit of a scare. But other than that, we handled our business pretty well. Yeah, I mean, you really did. I mean, you say you did a really good job. You won gold. Yeah. I mean, that's as good as it gets, is it not? For sure. Um, winning gold, nothing gets better than that. I mean, did you know early on that you guys would have a chance as you were sizing up the competition? Did you feel like, okay, we have a real good chance here to win gold? Yeah, but it's tough in three-on-three because international, that's their game. They've been playing it for a long time, and USA didn't win a um, gold medal for the um, youth division or the men's division in three-on-three until us so it was a great um honor to be the first team to do that i mean did you feel early on that your game was was as as good as you wanted it to be that you felt like okay we can accomplish something that the usa hasn't accomplished before yeah for sure i knew it wasn't be a skill size or like athleticism for us it was just if we could focus and all um understand the rules because you don't want to get caught up with some of the technical fouls that you can get if you don't follow the rules because then they start shooting a lot of free throws and um we knew it wouldn't be that either, or or um, we just had to play a lot of uh, defense too because in three on three, it's a constant movement, and once you score, you can't relax. Like you got to play defense. Like you can't. There's no like relaxing in it. Take us through the process. How you were selected for the team? Yeah, so we went out to the uh, national camp slash like tournament, and they put um, they had like two main teams I would say, and then the rest um, had to qualify within their state. And we made it, uh, both teams that they selected made it to the championship, and we ended up winning it. But we had a lot of practices and two-a-days just to get prepared for all that as well. How about just your experiences overall in Mongolia? I mean, it's one thing if it was maybe here in, you know, Chicago or something like that, but you got to go all the way across the ocean to Mongolia. Yeah, um, it was wild because I've never been on a I've never been on a flight that long. Sometimes I was getting a little antsy on the flight, just like, when is this going to end? But it was, uh, it was cool when we got there just seeing the – different um lifestyle i guess the buildings all that it was just cool to see um and the the fans there were great mongolian fans were great they uh loved us and supported us a lot just as much as their mongolian team but when we played their mongolian team you know they were going for them so it was good also a little bit of a culture shock though yeah for sure yeah i mean just from a you know cuisine standpoint just you know transportation i mean just everything was it just all eye-opening yeah um yeah the food the food was uh pretty decent because they had some american selections for us but i just kind of stuck to white rice for the for the most part what else in terms of usa basketball i know you had a chance to go to the under 19 tryouts but i mean what's it like just being in that usa basketball family 
Uh, it's, it's a great um, accomplishment of mine, and I'm very blessed to be in that position because I'm representing my country. Yeah, I mean, heck, I mean, when did you know that, that realistically you could represent your country? When, when did you know, okay, I can go really far when it comes to playing basketball? Yeah, well, I've always known that um, within myself, but I just, I've had great mentors, and um, my AAU program that I play for, D1 Minnesota, um, Jeremy Miller, Al Harris, Nick Carroll, there's, there's a lot to name, but they've all done a great job of just preparing me for all the moments uh, to come in my basketball career. So you get back from Mongolia. There really wasn't much time to breathe. I mean, next thing you know, you're in Virginia at the NBA Players Association camp? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I was at an AU tournament. Then I went to Colorado Springs. Then I went to Mongolia. Then I was at NBA Top 100. So I was kind of gone on the road for four weeks. But um, it, was all, it was all worth it. You know, I love playing basketball. I love the game. So it was a lot of fun. Take us through the experience there in Virginia. How did it go? It was a good experience. You know, I learned a lot um, off the court as well. They did a great job of um, teaching us a lot about uh, life after basketball and how to handle yourself and how to do all the right things to become as successful as you can in life. And then it was just it was too crazy. I was talking to your mom off camera, but just too crazy to then go to Colorado Springs to try out for the under-19. Yeah, that would have been tough because it overlapped for a day, so I would have been missing like the first day in Colorado, but yeah, I'm glad I'm back here just training, um, getting ready for the uh, July live periods as well as next season. You touched on your love of basketball. Mm-hmm. I mean, does it ever get overwhelming? I mean, in theory, you know, you just get done with your junior year here at Prior Lake. I mean, there could be some relaxation right before the AAU season ramps back up. But yeah. because you love basketball, I mean, it's a labor of love right now. Yeah, any basketball is really hard to turn down for me. So sometimes my parents just got to tell me, you know, like, you probably shouldn't do that. And I'll listen to them because I know they want what's best for me. So take us through the next couple of weeks so things will ramp back up for D1 Minnesota. Yeah, actually, uh, this Friday and Saturday I'll be playing in the NBCA Showcase where uh, college coaches can attend. And then back in July I'm with uh, D1 Minnesota in Alabama, I think the 11th through the 15th. I mean, and college coaches have been watching you. I mean, they were, they were at the NBA Players Association camp as well. Yep, the, a lot of them were. And uh, GMs too, or not GMs, but NBA scouts were there too. It was like a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Like, there was head coaches there. Basically, everyone was there. I mean, is it crazy to think about? I mean, I assume it's a goal, but just to even think about that there's NBA personnel at your young age already evaluating you. Yeah, for sure, but I just got to stick to my game and just work, get 1% better each day, and it'll all take care of itself. Speaking of that, how much better are you even today compared to maybe, like I came and did the story on, on you guys, D1 Minnesota, what was it, about this time last year, give or take a week or two. Like from the time I saw you in the gym at Eden Prairie a year ago until now, yeah, how much I, better of a player are you? Yeah, I think I've elevated my game a lot um, thanks to all the people that are supporting me as well. And i just been in the gym a lot, getting uh, in the weight room as well, getting stronger, quicker, faster, all that. So I think I've elevated my game a lot. Are you still growing even? Um, I don't know. I don't really know at this point. I never thought I was going to be this tall, but we'll see. I mean, the beauty of your game, too, is, I mean, at, what, 6 feet 10, you can play inside and you can certainly play outside. Yeah, for sure. That helps me a lot because if I got a bigger guy on me, you know, he might not be able to move as well as me, so I can take him off the dribble or pull up on him as well as, like, a smaller guy. Then I'll just take him to the post. Where are things at on on the recruiting front? Uh, All the schools that have offered me um, are doing a great job of showing constant interest and um, showing that they want me very badly, as well as the schools that are coming in um, as of right now, just kind of showing strong interest. Those schools are doing a great job communicating with me as well. Who are those schools? I mean, are we talking all the Blue Bloods? Yeah, basically all the Blue Bloods. 
I mean, is there any one in particular? I mean, I've seen a lot of Kentucky buzz. Is there any one in particular where it seems like their interest is is uh, is super high right now? No, I would say they're all just showing some pretty good interest right now. And then of the schools that have already offered you, I mean, can you keep track of all the offers you have? How many offers do you have? Um, I think I have about 20 right now. I mean, is it hard to just keep everything in mind and remember all the offers? Well, no, because I'm going to remember the schools that are uh, doing a great job of keeping in contact with me and building our relationship. So I know, like, it's not it's not like I'm, like, forgetting what schools have offered me or anything like that. On the local university, I mean, what, what level of interest is there in Minnesota and how much interest is Minnesota showing in you? Obviously they've offered, but, mm-hmm. but how diligent are they? Yeah, they're showing a lot of interest to me, and um, they're just kind of saying, like, why not stay home? Like, we could... Because 2020 has got a re- really good class, and we could, if we all stayed home, like what would that look like? And um, I think that, I think that's a possibility. And um, I, I like the Gophers a lot, and like what they're doing and where they're headed. I mean, do you even talk to some of the other 2020s? I mean, whether it's Suggs or Carlson, those guys, yeah, Kerwin well, Walton. Yeah, we'll joke around once in a while and be like, "Yo, like, what about if we all went to like the Gophers and like stayed at home?" But it's just kind of like small talk. And then what about just a timeline? I mean. Is the idea that maybe you'd like to commit somewhere by by the start of the Prior Lake season? Um, yeah, that's the hope, but it could be in the fall, maybe early winter. You know, I don't really have a set timeline yet, but somewhere around there. I mean, could you even look at a guy that, that presumably you look up to, D1 Minnesota, Matthew Hurt, who waited until, what, April to commit to Duke? Yeah, I don't think I'll, I don't think I'll take that long, but you never know, really. I mean, is there just a sense of you, too, that as much fun as this is, that there will be a sense of relief once you make that commitment that the process, at least that part of the process, will be over? Yeah, for sure. Then can I, I can just focus on um, what's in the future and not have to worry about my decision next year. That was Dawson Garcia before that, Gabe Matson. Two smart young men, two young men that have offers from the Gophers and many other programs. Quickly, the Vikings are expected to bring in another punter. Matt Weil will have some competition that is the belief. That is what I am hearing for training camp. Nothing is on the cusp of happening. Training camp is still five and a half weeks away, but do expect the Vikings to bring in some punting competition for a while in training camp. On other extensions or new contracts, nothing going on on the McKenzie Alexander front. I will say that Kyle Rudolph is represented by the same agency that represents Harrison Smith and Trey Wayne. So I can tell you that extensions for both have at least been kicked about. I don't sense that anything is happening anytime real soon. Maybe once we get closer to training camp or into training camp, it's something to definitely keep an eye on. There's also been buzz, but this goes back to when the agent was on this podcast many months ago. Blake Barrett's represents Stephen Weatherly. Yes, the Vikings do have some level of interest in extending Stephen Weatherly, but nothing is imminent right now. And there's been some recent reports about that. I'm telling you, this was something that was brought up many months ago. This is not a new talking point. But do know that there is a desire from both sides to eventually get an extension done. On the Twins front, Madison Bumgarner talk. I tweeted over the weekend, shameless plug for the for the Twitter account, DWolfs on KSTP, when Charlie Walter said, hey, the Twins and Giants are moving closer to a trade. Madison Bumgarner to the Twins. And I said, late Saturday night. Not so fast. Now, this Twins official certainly did not deny that there's been some discussions. Certainly, the Twins are talking to a number of teams right now, including the Giants, including the Blue Jays, but that there isn't any sense that a Twins-Giants trade is imminent, that something is on the cusp of happening, that the Charlie Walters report 
was premature. But whether it's Bumgarner, Will Smith, Ken Giles, go up and down the list, Marcus Stroman, I can tell you I would be shocked. Not a lot shocks me anymore in the world of sports, but I would be shocked if the Twins did not add at least one, if not multiple arms. One other note, Tyler Duffy, who did a nice job. That late game on Tuesday night, he did a nice job. A couple innings of scoreless work. Tyler Duffy recently changed agents. All right, that should do it. There's some other things I've jotted down, but i got to get back to the TV gig. This has been Scoop Podcast Episode 237. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.